just when you thought there was no hope for baby boomers. It's the Rational Boomer Podcast. Logic, common sense, compassion. Yeah, who knew? Now, here's Mike. We are back with the Rational Boomer podcast, and here we go again. More crazy shit coming out of Republicans, Trumplicans, Donald Trump, Congress, the Senate. It doesn't matter. It's not just stuff you want to disagree with. It's absolutely crazy bullshit all the time. You know, it's funny. When Donald Trump once referred to shithole countries around the world, That was disrespectful, stupid on his part. But I have to wonder if he wouldn't think that the state of Texas is becoming a shithole state. Now hold on before you get mad. I have friends in Texas. I love Austin. I love Corpus Christi. I love San Antonio and Dallas. I love going there. But all the shit that's going on in Texas right now, Jesus Christ, who the hell would want to go there? I certainly wouldn't. I have no interest in going to Texas or Florida, for that matter, because that's just a virus cesspool. Both places I would love to go to, maybe vacation at, but I can't. You just can't, not only because you disagree with their politics, because it just isn't fucking safe. So the state of Texas has essentially made abortion illegal in their state. If you're in Texas... Abortion is essentially illegal. Now, I know some of you Republicans or Trumplicans or maybe even Democrats will say, well, then you're just pro-abortion. No, that's not it. I'm not even talking about the abortion issue as to what I'm concerned about. You see, abortion has been protected under the Constitution in the right of privacy laws for 50 years. You remember the Roe versus Wade trial. This has been a protected activity for 50 years. So now the state of Texas has decided, well, we'll just disregard that, make new laws in our state, and do it our way. Take those rights away from women. Seems like the people in Texas are big on taking rights away from women, people of color, and anybody that disagrees with them. Yeah, it'd be a fun state to visit, wouldn't it? Well, here's the thing. We know the evangelicals, the religious right, the far-right Republicans, they're basically a one-light-item group. All they really care about is abortion and getting it canceled. Well, the fact of the matter is it was passed 50 years ago. The likelihood of it being changed is slim, But now Texas has taken it one step further. And I tell you what, our conservative Supreme Court hasn't helped us at all in this situation. So basically, if you're in Texas right now, and if you are pregnant longer than six weeks, it is illegal to get an abortion. If you are pregnant because you were raped or there was incest, it is illegal to get an abortion. Now, of course, the abortion providers 
appealed it to the Supreme Court. And what the Supreme Court might normally do in a situation like this is uh, slow it down, put an injunction in, take some time to go through this process, this legal process, to find the real answer. And it's hard to imagine they would overturn Roe v. Wade, at least up to 2021. That never was an issue. And this is an issue about rights. I always get a kick out of the Republicans. They're so dead set against abortion. But once those kids are born, they don't want to help them in any way at all. We can't afford to give these poor kids money. But they sure can fight against abortion. Again, I'm not going to say I'm for abortion or against abortion. This is too big a discussion for me. I don't know what my opinion on it is. I mean, I think abortion in certain circumstances is necessary, certainly with, with incest or rape or something along those lines. And again, my problem is on the other side of the coin with women, they should have every right to control their body, just like these anti-maskers are telling us. It's funny, these anti-maskers are saying, my body, my choice. But they think differently when it comes to abortion and women. But isn't that always the way, and isn't that the way of Texas and the Republicans in general? Take rights away from people of color. Take rights away from women. What, are we going to revert back to the 1950s? Is that what's happening in Texas? Is that what's happening in this country? So now here's the thing. It was sent up to the Supreme Court. And the abortion providers were expecting some kind of injunction to at least slow this process down, just like the Republicans did. Delay, delay, delay. And for the longest time today, we never heard anything from the Supreme Court. They didn't say anything, which basically made the laws in Texas stand. Unless the Supreme Court does something to neutralize it or at least put it up for debate, it's a law. It's a law that is instilled in the state of Texas. Now, it's weird how they're going to enforce this law, and I'll tell you about that in a moment. Now, we hadn't heard anything from the Supreme Court, but now all of a sudden it's late at night here, and I see there is some kind of response from the Supreme Court. And you know what they did? They denied the delay or the injunction against this new abortion law in Texas. They said, no, we're not going to send an injunction down the, down the pike. We're not going to slow this down. This is on you. So they basically usurped this whole constitutional issue with Roe v. Wade and said, yeah, Texas can do that. Now, here's who voted to have this injunction sent. It, of course, was the three liberal judges, but it was also John Roberts, who is the chief justice and also a conservative. Unfortunately, we have nine members of the Supreme Court. Five of them are conservatives, and those five voted against stopping what Texas is doing. So you women who are concerned about your rights, you should know Who took them away from you, at least in Texas? Now, the problem is this could be just the start. You're going to see this in Florida. You're going to see this in Georgia and other states around the country. 
So now we're going to have federal laws, but we're going to have states undermining those laws and the Supreme Court refusing to back up what is federal law. That seems contrary to what their job is, doesn't it? Isn't the Supreme Court supposed to uphold federal law? But instead they say, now we don't want to deal with it. You can't stop it. Let the states do what they might. Now this has nothing to do with law. This has to do with conservative attitudes. They don't want to overturn Roe v. Wade because that's going to cause them problems. But instead, what they're going to do is let the states do whatever the fuck they want. Now, the problem with that is the people in that state have to deal with that. Now, not everybody in Texas is a far-right Republican or evangelical. There are normal Republicans. And they've got to be troubled by this, because if they can do this, they can do that with a lot of laws. This state has all kinds of problems right now. As much as I love the state, I won't go back there. It's just too dangerous, as I said. Now, I have friends in Texas. People are good people down in Texas. But there's a faction of people in your government that are doing everything they can to destroy your state and ultimately undermine this country. Now, the problem here is is we have a Supreme Court that's not backing up what the federal law is. Now, when this was all going on and talk about this kind of thing, prior to the 2020 election and just after the 2020 election. You heard the Republicans and the Democrats talking about something called uh, stacking the court. Now, if you don't know what that means, I'll try to explain it to you. Right now, we have nine Supreme Court justices. That's the way it's been for a long, long time. But issues have gotten bigger, there's more pressures, there's more people, there's more things. So naturally that court should grow, but nobody wanted it to grow as long as they had whatever leverage by having the majority uh, of their party in the Supreme Court. Now we know that the Republicans did everything they could do to shut down Barack Obama's choice for the Supreme Court a year before he left office. And that was Merrick Garland, who's now the attorney general. He had a year before he was going to be out of office, and the Republicans successfully blocked him from appointing that judge. Now, instead, when they came into office, I think they appointed, or Trump appointed, three members of the Supreme Court. And uh, there was Gorsuch and... uh, Kavanaugh and Coney. You put them all in there, but the way he did it was kind of interesting. First of all, Kavanaugh had all kinds of problems. His sexual harassment charges and abuse charges were shoveled under the rug, and he was appointed to the Supreme Court. And then Amy Coney, whatever the fuck her name was, came within months of Donald Trump being in office. And in spite of the fact that Mitch McConnell and the Republicans held off Barack Obama's choice with a year left, they shoved Amy Coney Coney Barrier Barry through 
as fast as they could. So they weren't dealing with integrity. All they want is what they want, and they want more conservative judges on the Supreme Court, whether that's something the country wants or needs or not. So now we get to the stacking of the court. And I know the Republicans were very concerned about that before Joe Biden was elected. In fact, they tried to pin it on him as as hopes that if he was going to stack the court, that he would work against him from getting elected and would help Donald Trump. Well, stacking the court is this. There is no law against adding seats to the Supreme Court. I mean, theoretically, Joe Biden and the Democratic Party, if they can push it through, could add three seats, five seats, ten seats. It doesn't matter. Now, what that does, it helps to neutralize whatever power the conservative party currently has in the Supreme Court. It could work the other way, too. If the Republicans come in and want to stack the court, they could put more more uh, conservatives in, add more seats in the Supreme Court. Now, a lot of people are afraid of this, but the fact of the matter is it's been a long time with nine justices. We're due to have more, maybe 12 justices, maybe 15, maybe 30. Who the hell knows? We've got a bigger country. We've got bigger issues, and we've got more pressure. Now, if Joe Biden and the Democrats were able to add seats to the Republic or to the uh, Supreme Court, we have now a split of five or six, three conservative to uh, liberal. So the liberals are hard-pressed to get anything to go through the Supreme Court when they're outnumbered six to three. So if Joe Biden comes in and the Democrats team up with him and add three more seats, just say three more seats. Well, of course, if Joe Biden is adding three more seats, the people in those seats are going to be Democrats or liberals. So now we're at six apiece. And then we might have a different situation. To be perfectly honest with you, when it comes to the Supreme Court, I think we should be um, even. It should always be even. I mean, we're giving jobs to people that stay there their whole life. It's a life term when they get appointed to the Supreme Court. So when they leave, it's a crapshoot of who's going to get to replace them and who it might be. I mean, RGB died, and she was replaced by a crazy fucking conservative. Is that fair? Should she have been in there for life until she passed away? Should these people be there forever? Should we be stuck with a conservative Supreme Court when the vast majority of this country is liberal? And we know that's true just by virtue of the election. Joe Biden won with 80 million votes. Donald Trump lost with like 73 million votes. So who should have the sway in the Supreme Court? Well, the way the rules are set up right now, it doesn't matter who won or who's in control. It's whoever got to uh, appoint the last Supreme Court justice when the previous one dies. That doesn't represent this country. And the fact of the matter is the Supreme Court with six conservatives and three liberals doesn't correctly represent this country. So now, does Joe Biden and the Democrats stack this court? 
Well, absolutely they should. We need more justices regardless of who they are, conservative or liberal. But we do need to even this out. We can't have the Supreme Court undermining laws that are currently current federal laws. That's not their job, but that's what they're doing. So it's going to be very interesting to see what's going to happen here. Now, when they start talking about stacking the court, you're going to hear the Republicans screaming their guts out. Yeah, they're not going to be happy about it. They're going to fight. They're going to argue. They're going to make claims. But you know what? The Republicans have played dirty all along. The Republicans have gamed the system every chance they get. So maybe it's time for the Democrats to game the system. The thing about it is, if they do that, it is perfectly legal. They may not like it, but it's perfectly legal. So it's time to do that. We can't have a bunch of people making decisions based on a conservative premise when the majority of the country is democratic and liberal. That makes no goddamn sense. The whole system is flawed. And that would go the same way as if this country were more conservative and we had a liberal court. It doesn't make any sense. Now, I'm not a uh, legal export expert. I'm not a political expert. I can just see it from my point of view as a guy, just like all of you. But we can't let things like this lie. We can't let it sit. But let's go back to what I was saying before. I suggested that Texas has become kind of a shithole state. And excuse me for saying that. As I said, I have a lot of friends in Texas. There's a lot of great people in Texas. I'm not talking to you. I'm talking about your government and what they are trying to do or what they aren't doing. So let's look at that list. So they've canceled uh, or or they made it illegal for abortion against what the Constitution uh, decision was made 50 years ago. What else are they doing? Well, they passed some of the most draconian voter suppression laws in this country with the pure intent of making it more difficult for people of color to vote. Does that sound unconstitutional? Yeah, I think it is. And that needs to be addressed. And I know there are court cases and all kinds of things. But what we really need to do is uh, pass voter laws on the federal level to override the bullshit that they're putting in these states. What about the gun laws? Remember what the gun laws in Texas are? Yeah, these sons of bitches are making it so any idiot can own any gun and carry it around without any kind of license or any kind of training. They can just walk around like it's the Old West. That's going to be safe. And then they're trying to stop the mask mandates in schools. It's ironic, isn't it? They want to stop abortion because of the poor kids. And that's fine if that's what you want to do. And that's the reason why you want to do it. But you're against mandating masks for kids after they're alive to be safe. That seems to be a bit of a contradiction, don't you think? And then they're anti-vaccination. It's funny. Your governor, Abbott, is against the vaccination, telling people 
not to take the vaccination, but he's vaccinated. He got COVID. He lived through it because he was vaccinated. But he doesn't want the people to be vaccinated. Why? Well, because all these Trumplican fucks, this small small minority 30% group that followed Donald Trump, don't want the vaccination. And he doesn't want to lose their votes. So he'll say whatever he needs to say, even if it kills people in his own state. He doesn't give a shit about this. So now because of that, we have COVID and the Delta variant running rampant through the state of Texas. We've got hospital beds in ICU filled to capacity. I told a story earlier about Texas ICU beds. We had some idiot anti-vaxxer who told everybody not to get vaccinated, end up getting COVID, then ended up getting sick, and then ended up in a Texas ICU bed. And while he was dying in that ICU bed, and there were none others available, there was an Army veteran with a treatable disease, pancreatitis, sitting on a gurney waiting for a bed in ICU while this idiot was dying because he wouldn't get vaccinated. Well, this Army veteran ended up dying of a simple disease that could have been easily fixed because there was no place to put it. This is what's happening in Texas, and it's appalling, and this should not be happening in Texas. As I say, it's become a shithole state. Who would want to go there? They always talked about seceding from the Union. Well, fuck, you basically have already. You want to secede? Go ahead. I mean, next time you get a hurricane come through there and you secede from the Union, don't expect the U.S. government to give you any money or any help to recover. Or maybe terrorists hit your state. Well, you're going to have to deal with it yourself because the U.S. military doesn't deal with a, with a state that seceded from the Union. The, 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 the ignorance is just amazing to me. And everything they do is putting their citizens in danger. And yes, I know there's a lot of people that follow them. But there's even more people that don't buy into this bullshit. And they're stuck because they live in Texas. Their home is in Texas. Their family is in Texas. And they're having to deal with the bullshit that the Texas government is forcing upon them. It's troubling to say the least. And I hope things straighten out in Texas because I truly do love the state. I want to go there and visit. I want to see the people I care about and all the good people to survive and uh, flourish. But it's going to be hard to do as long as your government continues to do what they do to you. All right, let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound. And you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Well, we had the Hurricane Ida tear through the southern part of the country, 
Louisiana, Mississippi, Alabama. And it wreaked havoc in the, that area. It caused devastation and tragedy through that part of the country. It's now continued up throughout the country, and now there's a state of emergency in New York and New Jersey as it continues to drop heavy amounts of rain and strong winds. So this whole hurricane situation has had a big impact on this country, but mostly in the southern part of the country. And I'm sure there's a lot of people who are thinking, well, the hurricane's over in the south. It's up in the northeast now. But at least it's over for the south. At least things can get better now. Well, it's not going to get better anytime soon because, yes, the hurricane is over. But the devastation it left is unbelievable. People are without power. They're without water. The bare necessities. Hospitals are at capacity because of COVID and the anti-vaxxers and those injured in this hurricane. It is a problem area, and it's not going to get wrapped up and fixed up in a day or days or even weeks. This is going to be months, and throughout those months, people will struggle. They will suffer. Now, thankfully, Donald Trump isn't in charge because these folks would get little more than paper towels thrown at them. But thankfully, Joe Biden is going down to Louisiana, and he's going to do much more than that. Now, one thing Donald Trump wouldn't do, he wouldn't bend over backwards to help a blue state because they won't vote for him. Now, Joe Biden is going down to area of red states, people that hate him, that speak badly of him, that uh, hate the Democrats. But you know what? Joe Biden's going to go down there and he's going to take care of these people far more than Donald Trump ever did. Because we're not talking about politics here. We're talking about Americans in trouble, in need. And Donald Trump is going to go down there and make sure they get everything they need. He will pull out the stops to make sure whatever difficulties these people are dealing with will get some help, get some relief from it. I want you to watch what goes on here. I want you to watch what Joe Biden does, especially those of you in red states. And this will be a clinic on how to be president of the United States, not to be partisan. Because you're the president of the entire United States. Donald Trump never got that. Anybody that was against him, he was going to do everything he could to make it difficult for them. And only supported the people that vote for him. And even then, he fucked that up. He didn't do a very good job at it. But when Joe Biden gets down there and the Democrats do what they do, these people will get the care they need. They will get the help they desperately need. So keep an eye on what's going on down there. And if you're in a red state or a Trump supporter, you'll see how a real president and a real government actually takes care of its people, regardless of what their political affiliation is. We worry about those people down in the South and even up in the Northeast who are dealing with some of the problems, too. But more so in the South. That's where the most damage was. That's where the most people are suffering. We're all praying for you folks. Again, I don't care who you voted for. You're an American. You're one of us. 
and I hope things get better quickly. And I know that you're in better hands now that Joe Biden is in control and the Democrats are in control. They're a more compassionate group. They're a more detail-oriented and willing to do what is necessary to help you folks. So just watch very closely. See if you don't get the help you need. Now, if you don't, you know what? I'll be the first one to say Joe Biden and the Democrats fucked up. I will say it in a minute. But just watch. I think you'll just see a decided difference from what you saw with Donald Trump. Donald Trump had Puerto Rico. These people were devastated. He threw paper towels at them. George W. Bush had Katrina. He was offered international help. He said, nah, we don't need it. And there are people today, 16 years later, that are still struggling with the after effects of Katrina. Those were both Republican presidents. Now we have a Democratic president having to deal with a natural disaster. So just watch. Just watch what happens. Okay, the the, the Republican Party, I'm going to just say this, and I said this on TikTok, and I'll say it here, and I'll get some kickback from some Republicans, but again, this is my safe house, so fuck the Republicans. The Republican Party, in my opinion, is filled with insurrectionist, seditionist, violent terrorist, and vengeful losers. Now, that's not to say that every Republican is one of these categories. But every Republican apparently supports these fucking criminals. So as far as I'm concerned, whether you do those things or not, if you support people who do, then you are just as culpable as they are for the problems they wrought on this country. Now, you're probably going to say to me, the Republicans, any, oh, yeah, Let's see some facts. Let's see your data. Did you do your research? Yeah, as a matter of fact, I fucking did. Just this week, sitting Republican Representative Madison Cawthorn said he and his other Trump fucks will pick up arms against this country if they don't get their way with elections or whatever the fuck they're worried about. Now, this Madison Cawthorn is a 25-year-old piece of shit that doesn't know jack about jack. You know, when I was 25 years old, I thought I knew everything. I'm now 61 years old, and you know what? I look back at that 25-year-old rational boomer, and I didn't know jack shit. And I'm embarrassed by my arrogance back then. And uh, Madison Cawthorn will feel the same way at some point, I hope unless he continues with the Republican Party, and then he may never learn. But this guy is actually talking about picking up arms and fighting against American government. Now, if that isn't sedition, if that isn't insurrection, I don't know what the fuck is. And the Republican Party, namely Kevin McCarthy, the uh, minority leader, needs to do something with this fuckhead. They need to censure him. They need to... Uh, expel him from Congress because somebody like that is just not worthy of being in Congress. Somebody like that is dangerous being in Congress. But let's talk about Kevin McCarthy. He ain't much better than Madison Cawthorn. Kevin McCarthy threatened 
revenge, or retribution against telecom companies who have the audacity to comply with the law and supply phone records from January 6th in and around the Capitol during the insurrection. We know the select committee has asked for those phone records from the people around the Capitol and people in the Capitol, in Congress, who may have helped or assisted with this insurrection. Well, now, apparently Kevin McCarthy is scared shitless because they don't want to give up those records. And fortunately for them, that's not in their power to stop. This is a lawful request, and they are required to provide that information. We had an actual insurrection, so there's no question as a need for that information. But Kevin basically said, well... If we ever get when when we get in power again, and that's coming in 2022, I disagree, but that's what he says. You better watch out because if you give up that information, we're going to seek revenge or retribution. The Republican Party is against the telecom companies. That's a fucking thug behavior. If you expose us, if you snitch on us, we're going to make you pay. Is that the voice of somebody in American Congress? No, it's not. It's a fucking thug. It's a it's a it's a mob leader. It's a it's it's a gang. That's who the Republican Party really is. They're insurrectionists, seditionists, gangs, mobs, vengeful losers. And that's what Kevin McCarthy is. But that isn't even the worst thing. That's not the worst thing. Marjorie Taylor Greene, who's got to be one of the dumbest human beings ever to sit in Congress, said this. And as she was talking to, she was talking to um, Tucker Carlson, and she says, <laughs> I just have to laugh about this. It's hilarious. I mean, you have to laugh at it or you're going to cry. She says, If those telecom companies comply with this request, we're going to shut them down. Well, Marjorie, how are you going to do that? You've got Apple. You've got Verizon. You've got T-Mobile. These are multi-billion dollar companies that put money in your fucking pocket to serve them. But now you say you're going to take them down. You're going to stop getting money. And you're going to get buried because these people have too much power, too much money. And think about it. You shut them all down. That shuts down all communications in this country. What kind of safety issues or civil rights issues does that break? Come on, Marjorie. You're stupid, but I can't believe you're that stupid. But that's what she said. That's the attitude. That's the behavior of the Republican Party. Now, here's one I find particularly troubling. This one is about a gathering that is planned in Washington, D.C., near the U.S. Capitol. Now, apparently they already have a permit for this, and I don't know what this gathering is technically about. But I know that some Oath Keepers and some Proud Boys have said, yeah, we're going to attend And we know the attitude of Madison Cawthorn and some of these other idiots. They're not opposed to violence. And we know the Oath Keepers and the Proud Boys are in fact insurrectionists because they've been being arrested for the same 
thing on January 6th. So now they're going to come out on September 18th and maybe cause trouble. They think they can repeat what they did in January 6th, except this time be successful. Because remember, they did cause a mess on January 6th, but they failed because they didn't know what the fuck they were doing. And they're still stupid. They still don't know what the fuck they're doing. But here's the problem, proud boys, and here's the problem, Oath Keepers and all you other Trumpla fucks. There's going to be a lot of security there. There's going to be a lot of people protecting the Capitol and all the normal people in the area. And if you think that it's going to be like it was on January 6th, man, you are sadly mistaken. That's not the way it's going to go. The fact is, these people who are protecting the Capitol and the people in it and around it are going to put you down very quickly. There is no way they're going to allow that kind of activity again. And this time they will be prepared. You'll look like a bunch of dipshit villagers with hoes and rakes and brooms trying to attack a well-armed group of people. And if you do that again, you can bet they're not going to allow what happened on January 6th to happen again. If they have to put you down to stop it, that's what they will do. So I dare you to try to pull some shit on September 18th because you won't last long. And maybe then a message will be sent to you fucking idiots that you don't get to do whatever you want. You're not that strong. You're not that smart. Our government will put you down. All right, I got a few minutes left, and people have asked me to tell some personal stories. I got one quick one I'll tell you. (laughs) It was kind of compelling, and I'll just pass it along. Now, I've told you I worked many years in radio. Uh, For a period of time, I worked for myself. I had a recording studio in downtown Minneapolis. It was Kitty Corner from First Avenue, the famous First Avenue. Now, when I got into this recording studio, it was strictly for doing radio commercials, TV commercials, slideshows, tapes of all kinds. And that's what I did. One day I'm sitting there and somebody comes in and says, hey, do you do music? Now, I'm not musically inclined at all, don't know anything about the music business, don't know what I would even do in the music business. But, of course, being a mid-20s, arrogant, dumb son of a bitch, I said, oh, yeah, we do all kinds of music. So I started recording some people in the music industry, not really knowing what I did, but, uh, but the fact of the matter is almost everything I've jumped into, I didn't know much about it, and I learned on the fly, and in this situation, I did. So I dealt with a lot of lower end, um, lower end musicians in town. But this was a time when this town was exploding, Minneapolis, because of Prince and the time and all the things that were do and all the things that were happening. The focus of the music industry became Minneapolis, and because it became Minneapolis, and because it became so hot, primarily because of Prince, everybody came to Minneapolis. They thought this would be their one way to break into the music business. And I got fully entrenched in the music business. And I will tell you, there are plenty of crazy fucking stories that I'd be happy to tell you if you want to hear them. 
But this is how it kind of set everything up. You would think this story would have destroyed our pursuit of the music business, but in fact, it kind of spurned it on. Anyway, one day I have a guy, not pretty close to my age actually at the time, come in. Claims he's a musician, claims he's Prince's cousin, has a big duffel bag of uh, all these tapes from when he was in the band Grand Central. He was the drummer, and he was Prince's cousin. That was legit. So that got me intrigued. He told me that he met a guy out in Los Angeles who wrote a book about Prince, and he said that um, because he helped him with that book, if he ever wanted to get a record deal, he would help them. But he needed somebody in Minneapolis to help him to record him and kind of represent him. So he came in and being an idiot, not being too sharp and kind of grasping onto all this excitement, I said, hell yeah. So anyway, I get to talking to this guy in L.A., get to be good friends with him, start dealing with him even after this whole situation. And he's a good friend of mine to this day. So this kid my age, puts together a demo. And it's okay. There's one song that's really good, but it's okay. It's not anything special. But what do I know? I'm a white guy in a music industry that I know nothing about. And moreover, I'm dealing in the black music industry, and I'm as white as you can be. So I stuck out like a sore thumb. So anyway, we put this demo tape together. My friend in Los Angeles sets up a meeting with a major executive in a major record label. So we fly out to Los Angeles, and um, we talk to this record executive, and he basically says, this song sucks, this song sucks, this song sucks, this song sucks, but this song I like. And we said, okay, what does that mean? He says, well, I'm going to give you a record deal, which is amazing because there was nobody at home that thought we would actually come up with a record deal, but we did. He says, I'll give you what we call a 12-inch. And basically that was a single like a 45, but it was on a 12-inch record. And they were kind of popular at the time, and it didn't amount to a ton of money, but just getting a record deal was pretty amazing. I had no idea what I was in for. So anyway, we come back to Minnesota. We're excited. We're planning a party. We're doing all that shit. And what I didn't realize, the moment people found out that we had something to do with a record deal, that uh, people were clamoring at our doors. I mean, I had to put security on the door because I had people walking in and out every day, people desperate to get in the music business. And they figure, well, these guys had some success, so I'm going to try to appeal to them. It was fucking crazy. So anyway, we're in the process of getting this deal done. My artist is in the studio, and I use artist loosely because he wasn't really an artist in in actuality. But he's in the studio working on whatever he's working on. I'm sitting at my desk in my office. I get a phone call. I pick up the phone. Now, dealing with music people or musicians is a pain in the ass. You're dealing with spoiled children to a large degree. At least I was at that time. I get this call. And we'll call this guy my artist, uh, what, Chris. We'll call him Chris. That's not his name. And so I get this call, 
And this person on the other end of the line says to me, let me talk to Chris. I say, Chris is in the studio. You know, you're not going to talk to him. Because I need to talk to Chris now. Get him on the fucking phone. I go, who the fuck are you? Who are you to tell me what to do? Fuck you. Who are you? And he says to me, this is Prince. <laughs> and I start laughing. <laughs> I said, oh, my God, I had no idea it was Prince. Had I known it was Prince, I would have gotten on my knees, crawled to the studio, and gotten Chris for you right away. Well, I was getting annoyed by this because this guy insisted on talking to Chris. So I go knock on the door. I say, Chris, this motherfucker wants to talk to you. Get him on the phone. Get him off. Get back to work. So he gets on the phone and starts talking to him. And I can tell this conversation is getting rather heated. I mean, really heated. And this Chris is upset. So he gets off the phone. And I said, who the hell was that? He goes, yeah, it was Prince. I go, great, I just told Prince to fuck off. Now, he wasn't legendary status at this point, but he was hugely popular. 1999 had come out. Purple Rain hadn't come out yet, but he was hugely popular in the state and throughout the country, throughout the world. So I felt kind of embarrassed that I told Prince to fuck off. But, you know, you get by it, you get on with it. We've got this record deal. So we're going along with this record deal, but I don't see the contract yet. And I call him up and I say, what's the deal? I haven't seen the contract. And the record executive is uh, on the phone with me and he says, look, man, we got a problem. I go, what's the problem? He says, your buddy, Chris, stole a song from Prince. That's the song we're going to do. That's why that song was so fucking good. I go, oh, fuck. My first shot in the music business, and I'm part of a con that I don't even know anything about. So I said, all right, all right, I'm sorry, fuck it. I call the musician back in, and I rip him to shreds. It's almost a physical altercation in the studio. I am furious. I'm in a business two minutes, and he's already embarrassed me and probably got me blackballed. So I tore into him very heavily. He bolted, of course. He had a lot of our instruments that we purchased. I never saw the kid again, ever. He blew town with my shit. So I think it's all over now, and I'm never going to do this again. And I fucked up, and I believe some idiot. <laughs> then about a month later, well, three weeks later, I get a call from this record executive. And on the phone with him is my buddy in L.A. who set this all up. I said, oh, man, I don't want to talk to these guys. So anyway, I said, so what's up? He goes, that's what I'm asking. What's up? What's the deal with the deal? I go, what do you mean, what's the deal? He says, you were supposed to send this and this. I go, dude, you just told me he stole the fucking song. I'm assuming the deal is off. And this will tell you something about the music industry. This guy says to me, deal's off. He goes, I don't care if he stole the song. Just let us in on the scam so we know what's going on. Now, this particular record executive did not like Prince. So he would do anything to fuck with him, even if it meant getting sued over. <laughs> well, unfortunately... Unfortunately, I said, look, this dude is gone. I don't know where he is. I can't find him. 
So he paused for a second. He said, okay, I get it. I get it. He said, I tell you, this is what we're going to do. Now, this is a guy who's powerful in the record industry. He says to me, look, Mike, you got fooled. You got fucked over. And then he says, but so did you to my friend in Los Angeles. You got fooled. You got fucked over. And he said, more importantly, I got fooled and I got fucked over. So you know what we're going to do about this? I go, I, I don't know. He said, we're never going to talk about this again, and we'll move on and do something different next time. I said, cool. I'm down for that. Well, a short time after that, there was a young man who was legitimately talented, was in the group at the time, and was looking to have us represent him based on the fact that I got this other idiot a record contract that never went through. Well, that was a different story because this kid was truly talented, and we did get a sizable record contract. Ever want to hear about that? There's all kinds of stories about that. But this is a story when I told Prince to fuck off, (laughs) and I almost got blackballed in the music business before I even got into it. Anyway, we're running out of time. I got to go. We'll talk again real soon. Thanks for listening to the Rational Boomer Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'll see you next time.